Nope, now it's too high. Hey, I got a opening question for you. What would make Christmas disappointing for you? Just think about that for a second. We're going to answer a few questions. What would make Christmas disappointing for you? Let's start with question number one. If it will come up. There we go. So, if it didn't what this Christmas, blank, this Christmas, I'd be disappointed. Who says no? Come on, don't. Don't say so. Aren't you dreaming of a brown Christmas? <laughs> okay, snow. All right. Who's thinking it's not going to snow this Christmas? Who's hoping it's not going to snow this Christmas? All right, yeah, yeah. Next question. If we didn't blank this Christmas, I'd be sad. What? Get together. Eat. Yes. Sad. I'd be devastated. Yes, if we didn't eat this Christmas, I'd be sad. Uh, what else? If we didn't, what? Sing Christmas carols, okay. What else? Get presents. All right, all right, next one. If blank didn't blank, oh, shucks, I forgot. I meant to, I'd be depressed. I meant to correct that from the first service. If Blank didn't blank, I'd be depressed, it's supposed to read. If what didn't what, I'd be depressed. Go ahead. If Santa didn't come, if friends didn't gather. Becky, you're saying the same thing. Are you filling every blank in the same way? Yeah, that is right. That's true. What else? If we didn't have turkey, all right? And how about the final one? If... I don't get, it won't be Christmas. Socks. You said that with a little bit of a question mark. If I didn't get socks. For Tennille, it's eggnog. Okay, I just lied. If she <laughs> manages to avoid eggnog, it's a good thing. Okay, if, if I don't get pumpkin pie, what else? Stuffed? Did you say stuffed if I don't get stuffed? Are we back to food? Okay, stuffing, same thing. All right. Well, we all carry expectations around Christmas, don't we? I mean, even, even simple expectations. We want to see the lights. We want to witness the nativities, sing the carols, hear the party. We want to watch Elf. Yes? Yes? Maybe? Okay, all right, yeah. Well, there's Christmas expectation for you, right, right there. We hope... For gatherings, as Becky has reminded us, filled with memories and peace and laughter. But those expectations can carry an underside, can't they? Much of what we hope for at Christmas is good, but sometimes we can place greater expectations on the event, the person, the the experience, the party, the food greater expectations on the season itself than it could possibly bear, than it could possibly produce. And some of us have actually experienced disappointment in the past, maybe in different times in different ways, so much so that we've kind of stopped hoping for certain things, even at Christmas. But I believe God does want to meet us 
during this season, the season of Advent leading through Christmas. And he wants to give us something that can't be given through any event, any party from any person or relationship. He wants to gift us with something special. Father Christmas, as it were, comes bearing gifts for us that no one else is capable of giving. And if we receive his gift, all other relationships, all other experiences, as well as the lack of those things, can be put into proper perspective. Here we are in the season of Advent. We've already lit the two Advent candles signaling the coming of hope, love, And Advent as a season is designed to help us get ready for Christmas. It's a season of preparation where we prepare our hearts, our minds, our lives to celebrate the coming of Jesus, celebrated on the big day, the coming of God's love and his one and only son. And our Advent series is is titled The Ultimate Christmas Gift Exchange because we believe that God wants us, God wants us to receive, God wants to give us something, a greater gift than we could ever imagine. And so the question we're asking through this series is this. What do we need to put down? I like how the naughty nice package looks like somebody's been trying to peek. All right. Well, what do we have to put down? Somebody needs to work out in the new year. What do we need to put down? So, and what do we need to pick up so that we can receive all the Father has for us? So this is the, the question that we're, we're orienting ourselves around in this series. What do we have to put down? What do we have to pick up so that we can receive all the Father has for us? And in this ultimate Christmas gift exchange, God invites us to, to put down the cheap, cliched, you know, broken, white elephant gifts that we've been packing around, maybe been holding us back. He invites us to actually exchange them, to, to, to put them down, and in, in turn, pick up something original, something unique, something special for you, something deeply wondrous, a gift that our Father has for us. And today, that gift is love. We already heard from the letter of First John during our Advent candle reading, and I want you to hear it again. First uh, John 4 Verse 9 and 10 reads like this. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. At Christmas, we see how God's love comes first. We didn't come up with this idea, the idea of Jesus, the idea of God becoming flesh, the idea of of God who created the world, taking on a, a human being, becoming human, becoming one of us. That's a crazy idea. We never thought it up. In fact, the idea that, that the creator of the world would become one of us, that would become a unique, one of a kind human being, is something that every other worldview Every other religion, every other philosophy totally rejects. It's crazy. It's nuts. They won't believe it. But that's exactly what God did. It's what we celebrate. But we didn't make it up. We didn't come up with this great idea and then, you know, suggest it to God. We, we didn't have to dance around to get God's attention. We didn't have to do things to get God to pay attention to, to me or you or line up everything perfectly so that he'd do something for us. 
naughty or nice, God gave us the gift of his son, Jesus. Or as Romans 5.8 puts it, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still naughty. I mean, sinners. Right? That's the story. And our love for God then is a response to his initiating love, to his acts of love on our behalf, him coming to us. We then respond to his attention, to his idea, to his action. We receive his gift. We come to life in Jesus and then discover that we've been loved by God forever. This is real love. Not that we loved God that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God's love then is the centerpiece of Christmas. All other expressions of love, all other gifts and celebrations and relationships, everything else flows from God's love first. They are not the source of love or source of life in our lives. They are rather the evidence of God's goodness and life around us, but they're not the source. And so here's my question as we move through Advent toward Christmas. What I'm wondering is this. Could it be that we locate true Christmas love in the gifts of Christmas? And by gifts, I don't mean material gifts and things. You know, I think we understand that that's not where, where you know, true Christmas lies. But do, could it be that we locate true Christmas love in the gifts of Christmas, the relationships, the gatherings, the parties, the, the food, the experience? Could it be that we locate true Christmas love in those gifts of Christmas rather than the giver of Christmas? Don't hear me wrong. There's many things about Christmas that are worth celebrating, worth preserving, worth, worth being part of. They're wonderful. They're good. Family, presents, romance, beautiful dinners, parties, affirmations, songs, experiences. The Christmas hampers. I love the Christmas hampers. Sharing food and life and friendship. It's awesome. And we love everything about that. At least those of us who actually get to receive those gifts love everything about that. But that's not the case for everyone, is it? Not when we look around, not when some of us check our own experience, but about those of us who struggle within a very unhealthy family where the idea of getting together at Christmas does not give you a better appetite. It churns your stomach, the thought of the tension, the struggle. What about that? What about those of us who are alone? We look at Christmas, we see the celebrations, we see the family gatherings, we hear people talking about kids coming home and all this stuff happening, and the ache within us, because we are alone, is just heightened during the season like this. What about us? We're alone. What about those of us who are single, and yet endure this barrage of Christmas romance movies all over the place? Somebody's meeting somebody at Christmas that they didn't expect to meet, and la to da by the end of the season. Wow! Magic is in the air. Or the couples' parties or the dash expectation. What about those of us who are grieving the loss of someone that we love, where a season like Christmas just highlights the fact that that person, that family member, is gone? Or maybe, for some of us, the demise of a marriage. And all the, all the memories that come with that and all the ache that comes with that are 
the fact that maybe the kids aren't with you this Christmas because they're with her or they're with him. What about that? What about those of us who continue to fight a battle with mental health or with an addiction or maybe with a health situation that just won't change? What then? Well, then Christmas can be even harder, especially if we locate love in those gifts. If, if somehow we've set Christmas up to be all about those things, about that family gathering, about, about you know, unexpected romance or some kind of experience, because if that's the case, then we can't help but feel disappointed again and again. But the truth is, for those who struggle, those who can clearly point out that Christmas is, you know, not what we might hope it would be, the danger of locating love in the gifts of Christmas versus the giver of Christmas is actually easier to see. Those who have healthier families have, you know, good health or friends around them and can kind of party their way through the holidays. They too can be in danger of this same mislocation of love. In fact, you could say they might be in even more danger of making the mistake because they can see and experience love around them and they can be tricked into thinking that it's in the gifts of Christmas. It's in the gifts that Christmas is great. That's where love comes from rather than from the giver of love himself. And here's my point. God's gift of love comes first. And we take this moment in our Advent season to remind ourselves of this, that it's God's love that sits at the center of Christmas, that all these other things might be great, but it's at the center of everything that we discover true life. All other gifts come second, third, fourth, 14th, 25th. God's love comes first. And that order is critical. We're only going to enjoy the gifts of Christmas to their fullest extent if we receive God's gift of love to us first. That way we won't expect these gifts to do something for us or give us experience or love that they can't, only God can, fill. And we'll only be able to put our suffering, our, our lack, our pain, our grief, our, our, grief, our, our loss in its, in its most hopeful context. Affirming the promises of God. We'll only be able to do that if we receive God's ultimate gift of love to us first. Unless we get God's love first, all our loves as well as all our losses will be misplaced. We'll either expect too much from others and inevitably be disappointed, or we'll actually receive too much. It sounds funny to say it this way, but we'll receive too much from secondary gifts and be satisfied with less than God's ultimate gift, God's best for us. But either way, we'll miss out. And so we come to our Advent question. What do we need to put down and what do we need to pick up so that we can receive all the Father has for us this Christmas? Well, first, we need to put down false sources of first love. And this requires us to step back and say, what am I expecting at Christmas? What am I expecting from others? What am I looking for to experience during this season? And are there ways in which I've been locating this first love in secondary sources? Where I've been expecting this relationship or my family or my kids to give me what I want at Christmas, to be the perfect family to perform the perfect function, to have the perfect turkey or whatever. 
that I've been locating so much energy and thought and you could say, you know, worship into those things that I've missed what God wants to give. And so we lay aside these false expectations to receive the center of Christmas, the love of God through secondary sources. We put them aside. We say no to anything that poses as the answer or the center or the solution that isn't grounded in God's love. We put those things down. We lay them aside. And then we pick up God's gift of first love, of loving us first. How do we do that? I mean, how do we, you know, it can seem so theoretical. How do we, how do we put things down and pick them up when, it, you know, is that making any real difference? How do we do that? You know, at Christmas we celebrate the coming of Jesus, of course. We celebrate God's love revealed in that. But the only way we actually experience the love of God, which has been revealed in Christ, is through another coming, the coming of the Holy Spirit into our lives. And this is how we read it in Romans 5. There are other places we could find this. But in Romans 5, we hear these words. I'm going to read the first number of verses and then land on verse 5. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Here it is, verse 5. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Listen to that verse again. It's crucial. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. We know his love because the Holy Spirit's been given. These things are connected. Another translation says, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God's Christmas gift of love comes to us by way of the Holy Spirit. Our God, who is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the triune God, makes love fully available to us. The Father initiates this rescue plan, sends his Son to show us his love, to be God with us. And then when Jesus ascends, both the Father and the Son turn around and send the Holy Spirit so that we can experience God's love in us. God gives us his Spirit who then is present in our lives, constantly pouring God's love into us. It's like God plants an ever-bubbling spring into the bedrock of our lives, the very core of our beings. And then from this spring, the Holy Spirit is constantly pouring out the love of God into us, 
constantly reminding us of who we are, constantly empowering us with his love, constantly giving us the truth of what God believes about us, thinks about us, has planned for us. We receive this love continually from God himself, who is now living in us. What's the point? The point is, if we really want to experience the true spirit of Christmas, then we need to be able to receive and be filled with the true spirit of God. It's God's love in us that then puts everything around us in proper perspective. It puts all those other sources, puts all those other experiences, all the misplaced expectations, all other attempts to make people serve our needs or make love work. It it takes all those things and it says, I will not seek for full, true, unconditional love in those things. I will now turn toward the Father and I will ask him to give me his Holy Spirit to fill me up and to pour his love into my life so that I'm being ultimately sourced by God himself. I'm going to put away all the ways we make the secondary gifts of Christmas, the center of Christmas, so that only one gift stands at the center, and that's the love of our Father in Jesus made real in our lives by the Holy Spirit. And so I want to invite you today, like we did last week, to to respond to what you're hearing by asking God, or shall I say, be willing to pick up the gift to receive what the Father has for us. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to, to pray a simple prayer inviting the Holy Spirit into your life. We can't actually know how much God loves us unless we've received the Holy Spirit into our life. Now, for some of us who are followers of Jesus have already received the Holy Spirit, this will be like uh, uh, the command of Scripture that we are continually filled by the Spirit. Where we just come and we say, we receive you, we, we want more of you, just fill us up. And, and that, that can be a daily practice for us. And so as we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives today, it's, it's just more of, of God's goodness being poured into us. But some of us have never done that. Some of us have been exploring who Jesus is, and we've been tracking with things. But we've never actually said, God, would you come into my life? Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Would you take your love and pour it into me. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer that will invite you to do that. And I'll lead us all through that prayer. We can all pray it together. But for some of us, this might be the first time you've said, um, God, I turn away from all those things that I've been chasing and I turn to you and I receive your gift of love in Jesus by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite us all to pray that. And if you pray that prayer today for the first time, I want you to come and talk to me. Reach out to a member of the dream team. Talk to them. Talk to Dana. Um, communicate with someone that you've prayed this prayer for the first time so that we can support you and, and, uh, and pray for you. So would you stand with me? What I want to invite you to do is close your eyes. And if you are ready to pray along with me, to hold your hands open like you're ready to receive the gift that the Father wants to give you, and then to pray with me. I'm going to pray a little bit, and then I'm going to invite you to follow me in prayer. Father, we are thankful for your gift of love to us in Jesus. The fact that you would initiate this rescue on our behalf, the fact that you would come to us who had lost ourselves, rejected you, messed everything up, that you would come to us in love and do everything for us so that we could be restored to you. It is amazing. It is wonderful. We celebrate you. We celebrate your gift of love. And today I ask that wherever we are at, that we would be ready to receive what you have for us today. 
whether we're already followers of Jesus, having received the Spirit when we confess to you, or whether we're just coming to know you now and we're making a step toward you today to say, Holy Spirit, come in. I, I just pray that you would receive this prayer and do with us as you will. And so all of us together with our eyes closed and our hands open, would you pray this prayer after me? Dear Father, thank you for your gift of love in Jesus. Thank you for loving us first. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to take away our sins. Thank you for hanging on the cross. Thank you for rising again. We believe in you. We trust you. Turning away from our sin, our misplaced expectations, all the ways we have sought love that are not from you, we turn away from those things. We repent. And we turn toward you and ask you to come into our lives. Father, give us your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Spirit. And pour your love into my life. Thank you for making me a new creation. For coming to live in me. I pray that you would make me strong in you. And help me to follow you. For the rest of my life. Thank you. We love you. Amen. Father, you've heard our prayer. You know where our hearts are at. And I just pray that you would cement in our hearts and our minds and our lives now this prayer that we've prayed. May we continue to be filled by your spirit. May your love be poured into our hearts. And for those of us today who've prayed this prayer for the first time, who have made a solid step today in responding to you, I pray that you would fill them with gifts by your spirit. You would fill them with your goodness by your Holy Spirit. I pray that the sense of your presence would well up within them and they would make definitive steps in following you, connecting with others, sharing with us, growing in you. I just pray that that would be cemented and protected in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Christmas is ultimately a celebration of God's gift of love to us in Jesus, which is poured into our lives by the Holy Spirit. Will we still face disappointment and loss? Yes, we will. Life is hard. There is suffering and difficulty. But somehow, these things are now located within the context of God's love. They are covered by his goodness. And even when things are difficult, even when life is dark, even when there is struggle, even when there's estrangement, even if we're wondering what's going on, we have within us the Holy Spirit whose job it is to continually remind us who we are and that we are loved and to pour into our hearts and our minds and our bodies and our lives his power, his love. And he is not going anywhere. And with him at the center 
of our lives. The days may be dark, but we will come through in the power of the Holy Spirit. Are we able to fully celebrate the gifts and celebrations and the gatherings of Christmas? Yes, I think so. In fact, I think even more so. Because now we're able to receive these gifts that are our good gifts. We're able to receive them for what they truly are. We're able to receive them within the context of God's ultimate gift of love. We're no longer depending on kids or family or friends or food to somehow meet a need that only God can meet. With that need met, the Holy Spirit pouring his love into our lives, we're now able to fully appreciate these gifts without idolizing them, worshiping them, expecting things from them that they never could give us. But more than that, we are now able to share God's love with others. I think this is crucial. The next verse is in 1 John. We, we focused on 9 and 10, and then also Romans 5, but 9 and 10 in, in 1 John 4. But verse 11 reads like this. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, sending his son, to take away our sins, all what we celebrate at Christmas. Since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Like, of course. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. And then, just a few verses later in 1 John 4, we love each other because He loved us first. Why do we love each other? Because he loved us first. Now that the Holy Spirit is present in our lives and has been present, now that we're sourced by God's love, we're able to ultimately share that love with others, not as something we've got to hold on to, but something that flows over, something that flows out of us. As God's source of love is within us, we are able to reveal that love to others in the way that we treat them, the way that we invite them. Whether we have a little or a lot, we are ultimately able to share God's love, even here at Christmas, in a way that is life-transforming for those around us. And that's where I think the true spirit of Christmas shines. When we who are receiving God's love, poured into us by the Holy Spirit, are then ultimately able to share it with others. I think that's a great Christmas gift exchange. Let's pray. Jesus, thanks for your love for us. We celebrate you. We follow you. We worship you. Thank you for giving to us the Holy Spirit who is within us, filling us with power and life and truth and love. Would you send us today in the power of your spirit that as we leave this place, we would go as people being sourced by your love and as a result, sharing your love with others. May we be that kind of community, those kind of people for the sake of all those who need to receive your love even this Christmas. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.